Hi, and welcome to this episode of The Crane, an Africa-China podcast. I'm your host, Amadeus Musumali, and I'm here with my co-host, Mika Eschkok. Mika, how are you doing? Good, I'm good. I, I think we're going to have a short and sweet one today, so I'm glad to build up the anticipation for future episodes. Excellent. So am I. Then let's get going. Do the break, do the break. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the African Union at 60, Chinese construction of the new African Union headquarters, and just kind of generally um, how China is building the continent and engaging with the continent through the AU. So the AU is going to clock its 60th anniversary later this year. We have an upcoming session of the African Union uh, between the 18th and 19th of February 2023. That is the 36th ordinary session of the Assembly of Heads of State and Government of the African Union. Uh, this will take place in a building funded, constructed and partially designed by Chinese firms. In fact, uh, the China State Construction Engineering Corporation is the largest construction company taking part in building the new AU headquarters in Addis Ababa, uh, Ethiopia. 31% of all construction projects in Africa in general, valued at more than uh, 50 million US dollars in 2020, were Chinese funded. That is massive. That is really, really massive. And I've seen pictures of the new AU headquarters that's upcoming. It is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a quite a, a marvelous looking building from photos. Hopefully it's actually um, doing its function in terms of facilitating the kind of work that needs to be done, the urgent work that needs to be done. And so we are hoping in the next two or three episodes to explore in a, a little bit more depth the African Union's meeting that they'll be having after the meeting has taken place because there are many important things to note. One is that it's now 10 years since the Agenda 2063, the Africa we want, was adopted in, in 2013. And so I think this will be a moment where they really have to evaluate what has been happening, what have they been doing right, what have they been doing wrong, what have they been failing at doing, um, particularly at this interesting conjuncture where there's a lot happening in you know geopolitics. We've spoken about this before, about how there seems to be a mood for non-alignment happening across the continent. We've seen this in the case of how African heads of states have had, you know, sort of taken steps back uh, from Western positions on China, Western positions on what's been happening in the Ukraine. And on the agenda, the two main subjects seems like it's going to be insecurity and conflict. So when we're talking about insecurity, which we already have covered in the last episode with Dr. Grieb Chelwa, when we spoke about debt and as it relates Kafwafwa in Zambia. The Kafwafwa in Zambia that's created by the US. I love that word, Kafwafwa. And Me too. So they'll be looking at questions of debt, questions of food insecurity, any questions of, you know, social insecurity, economic insecurity, as well as conflict where, you know, in the last few years, we've seen the most coups um, in rapid uh, succession uh, in decades, as well as um, jihadist extremist groups continue to exist, continue to exist. To ravage the continent, uh, to yeah. exist, to ravage, to terrify and terrorize our people. Yeah. I mean, I was shocked the other day I saw that the 
There was a UN study that came out recently that was like, we can confirm that nearly 50% of people who join jihadist groups do so for economic reasons. I was like, wow, it took them this long to get to that, <laughs> to figure that one out. To figure that out, right? That poverty creates a fertile breeding ground for extremism and for the recruitment of youngsters and youth right? into such extremist organizations, right? be they militant or criminal, like, duh. <laughs> so bizarre that it takes them that long to figure it out. But in any case, um, these are kind of the main areas that seem to be of focus. Of course, they have a longer laundry list of agenda items, including climate change, etc. But another part that will be of, of serious focus is they've announced the theme for this year, for 2023, will be the year of the AFKTFTA. I don't know how people say the, the <laughs> acronym, but it's the basically the African Continental Free Trade Area and how they'll be implementing it and accelerating its implementation, which has been a few years in the making. And so I think what we're hoping in the next few episodes is whilst we want to focus in on the African Union and some of the decisions that will be coming out of their meeting in the next few days. We also hope we can delve into then where does China fit into the 2063 vision, the Agenda 2063 vision of that the Africa we want. Because, I mean, we of course have, and the reason we want to go into some more detail is because we as you know progressives, as leftists, as people aligned with working class organizations and serving um, the interests of the poor and masses or trying our best to do so. Uh, we also have serious criticisms about the African Union that China can't necessarily um, come out with since they have a policy of non-interference. But, you know, if we are even since the Sirte Declaration, which basically was in 1999, when the African Union was reformulated, it used to be the Organization of African Unity, and then it was reformulated in 2000, launched as the African Union. Since then... In Zambia. In Zambia, in beautiful Zambia, in Lusaka. Very important. Um, is that, There's a monument, by the way, like oh. in, <laughs> on one of the main highways of Lusaka City. Yeah, Very so random place, when, but it, yes. but when it was launched during that time in uh, Lusaka and Zambia, they basically indicated or, or stated that they needed to adjust from fighting colonialism and entrenching pan-Africanism to combating conflict and encouraging economic integration, which seems kind of bizarre. Like this, oh, well, the colonial, the fight against colonialism is in the past. Entrenching pan-Africanism is in the past. Uh, we have, you know, economic integration to focus on as if those aren't interrelated. As, as you know, many of our audience will know that we believe that we are currently existing in a neo-colonial situation where some of the same type of economic relationships are continually reproduced. So in our next few episodes... And perpetuated, right? And perpetuated, yes. And so we want to talk about a little bit about the African Union as it relates to our own interest in an African unity project, in a pan-African project. And it will be interesting for the China aspect because um, you, you mentioned this, Amadeus, that uh, you pointed out when we were discussing this beforehand, that China's foreign minister, when he was here earlier in the year, he visited the African Union. Chigan, and so yes. Yes, Chigan visited the African Union in uh, Addis Ababa, and uh, he made some very, very interesting statements. First of all, uh, there was the statement that China wants to elevate its relationship with and deepen its cooperation with the African Union directly. So, of course, this means normal diplomacy between China and all 
African states continues, but uh, there seems to be a realization um, or a little bit of a shift insofar as China's um, Africa diplomacy is going to focus now on the AU as well, as well as bilateral um, kind of relations. So I think this is really, really important. Um, there's a lot that uh, can be unpacked here and that we can explore in upcoming episodes. Um, why is this happening? You know, why is there an emphasis on working with and through the AU right now? Um, one of the statements that was made was support for Africa to join uh, the G20. You know, I don't want to speculate, but uh, perhaps the best way to get Africa represented on the uh, G20 would not be as individual nation states like Kenya, South Africa, Nigeria, whoever you're thinking of, but as being represented by the AU, you know, to have a, an equitable kind of representation. Because, of course, individual nation states could be tempted to more focus on their personal, you know, their individual national uh, issues than uh, a, a supranational kind of multilateral institution could. Uh, but this is definitely uh, a little bit of a change, a pivot in uh, Chinese diplomacy in Africa. And it's a welcome change. You know, we need more multilateral organizations. And I think that this kind of falls in line with, you know, um, you know, I work at Tricontinental Institute for Social Research, and one of our next studies is going to be on regionalism and the projects of regionalism across the world and the kind of potential they have for people in the global south and the interest of advancing, you know, development, etc. And I think that the Chinese, of course, are really thinking about how to bolster more regionalist formations, um, as we've seen them, you know, meeting with the, remind me the name of the Arab states? Oh, this is the uh, Arab League. Yeah, the Arab League. Um as well in as in Cairo, right? Yeah, as well as I think you know, ha there's been discussions. I saw a few weeks ago, Brazil was urging Uruguay not to make a, an, a one of the agreements with China one on one, and that they should rather leverage a regional position through CELAC, which is the Caribbean and Latin American communities. <laughs> I'm forgetting the each individual word, but essentially, I think that will be really interesting to see what comes out of the African Union, what is being said, how it relates to China, and how Africans are going to get out of the situation we're currently in, which you know is characterized by inequality, insecurity, and conflict. In the words of uh, the African Union. We hope you'll join us in the next few episodes. We hope we'll have also some interesting guests to join us. And we'll see you. How do I say see you? It's strange being a podcaster. You think you're going to see them later. And saying, telling people later. you will see them, right? Uh, we're not quite at that level yet. <laughs> well, we will see your tweets and social media engagements as they come out. Thank you for joining us on this brief interlude of The Crane, an Africa-China podcast brought to you by the Dongsheng Collective. You can follow us and keep up with us on social media at Dongsheng News on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Telegram. And of course, you can always listen to this podcast wherever you get podcasts from. If you like what we do, please rate and review us. It helps the algorithm and it helps more people like you find this podcast. Thank you very much. And in Mika's words, see you soon.